Global law and global business go hand in hand, but never seem to keep pace with each other. The importance on the global stage of developing and developed nations waxes and wanes while consumption and interconnectedness steadily increase. All the while, laws and regulations change incessantly, requiring businesses to stay nimble. But how do we make sense of it all? Welcome to Global Law and Business, hosted by Harris Brickens International Business Attorneys. I'm Fred Rockford. And I'm Jonathan Bench. Every week, we take a targeted look at legal and economic developments in locales around the world as we try to decipher global trends in law and business with the help of international experts. We cover continents, countries, regimes, governance, finance, legal developments, and whatever is trending on Twitter. We cover the important, the seemingly unimportant, the relatively simple, and the complex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Please connect with us on social media to comment and suggest future topics and guests. In this first episode, kicking off 2021, Fred and I thought we would spend some time talking about what we saw in 2020, what we're looking forward to, and what we're not looking forward to in 2021. So buckle up. We're going to have a in-house conversation here, and we're happy to have your feedback. So please engage with us and stay tuned for future episodes. So Jonathan, let's kick things off by reflecting on the work we've done with the podcast. What are your impressions after more than a half year of working on this this podcast? And what are you looking forward to next year? You know, podcasting is something that I was relatively new to. I always like audiobooks. And so for me, I think my goal in doing the podcast with you was really to be able to cover things that we were interested in which is why I think we cast the net as broad as we did with global law and business, but also having it engaging enough that people would want to keep tuning in. And we have to tell personal stories. And that's why we've always wanted to start with the person that we're talking to and understand where they're coming from and what their history is. Because I think a lot of us are continually gauging where we are in our lives and whether or not we, we want to make a change in our career or change in our employer, change in the way we think about life or live our lives. And so I think for me, the podcast has really helped broaden my horizon to, to people around the world. You know, your friends, my friends, uh, friends of friends, people with all kinds of different perspectives from different cultures, different ages. And that has been a very rewarding thing for me to be a part of this year. What about you? What do you think about how it's gone so far? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out what a great experience it's been to to work with you and also with with Madeline, our our producer, our listeners haven't had the pleasure yet of, of listening to to her, but at some point we'll we'll have to turn the tables around a little bit and and then let her tell us her story. So that's the, that's the first thing. It's just been a wonderful experience in terms of who I'm working with, but also what we're doing, right? And of course, the kind of guests that we've been meeting, taking into account that this has been a year when social contact has been so limited. I think it's been particularly enjoyable and welcome to have the opportunity, even if it's done virtually, to, to meet new people and to stay connected to, to old friends and to do it in a way that really makes the encounters meaningful, right? I mean, you can exchange WhatsApp messages with an old friend, but in this setting in which we interact with them, it, it definitely brings a, a new facet to the communication. So that's been great. Also, I think this is the first time I've, I've mentioned this to, to, to any of you. Um, 
but it's, it's actually my second attempt at <laughs> podcasting. Many years ago, I think this would have been 2012, 2013, I, I had this crazy idea to contribute to the world of podcasting by having a Spanish language podcast on, on China. I, I, I saw that there was a, a real dearth of, of programming in, in Spanish. Uh, there, there still is, frankly, but it was a lot of work. I didn't have uh, teammates, uh, let alone great ones like, like you guys. So in the end, I couldn't make room for the podcasting. It, it did give me an appreciation for how, how fun it can be. So I'm really glad that this has taken place uh, and, and taken shape in, in, the, in the way that it has and, and that I can incorporate that into my work. Looking ahead at 2021, what, what are some of the things that we can look forward to in terms of the podcast? What are some of the changes that we've been discussing or perhaps things that we haven't discussed that, that you've been thinking about? Well, I think that the first thing is we've been kicking around the idea for quite a few months of adding video to the podcast. And I joked with Madeline the other day that means that I can't wear my pajamas when I do this and I'll have to do my hair somehow. So, I mean, that's going to be a change. I think it's an exciting change. I very much enjoy seeing people's faces. You know, I, I, I don't think that every meeting needs to be a Zoom meeting, but I think that it is fun for those who want to tune in and, and see us uh, and see our guests. That, that will be an exciting addition and I think also, you know, we're looking at coming up on our one-year anniversary in May, I believe. And so thinking about, you know, how to make that a special thing for us and for our listeners. Uh, and so I'm, I'd am i love to find out from our, our regular listeners if you have suggestions, you have connections, someone who you think would be a great fit for our one-year anniversary or for any other episode, we're, we're definitely open to those suggestions. We are continually broadening our network and know that relying on our friends to help us do that is the best way really to build a really coherent global network. What about you, Fred? So definitely looking forward to the video version of the podcast, although as you anticipated, it will, it will mean making some adjustments in terms of dress code and appearance. Another thing that we've been talking about is starting some, some offshoots perhaps of the, of the podcast specific ideas that that has been discussed is having some podcasting in Spanish. The programming wouldn't be as regular as what we're doing with this podcast, but at least every once in a while, be, uh, produce some content for the Spanish speakers. I can tell you from experience that even for those who understand English well, uh, there's just something special about having programming in, in their own language. So Hopefully we can we can start doing a little bit of that with us involved and, and maybe in some instances, not necessarily with with us participating directly, having some of our colleagues step in and offer something in, in other languages. That's definitely something to look forward to. This year we, we launched a Spanish language Twitter handle and it's been it's been fun to work on that. So I see having some Spanish language episodes as a, as a logical continuation of that. Definitely looking forward to hitting the one-year mark. At that point, uh, it will be interesting to, to start having some, some guests come back on the podcast and sort of have that historical perspective that we can draw on. I'm sure that'll, that'll make for interesting programs. Naturally, we've tried to keep the programming as diverse as possible not have too many guests from a particular country or, or a particular part of the world. But as time goes on, I think we will be in a position where it, it will make sense to start having 
other guests from a particular country. So that'll, that'll add a certain depth to what we're doing. Uh, shifting slightly, Jonathan, our podcasting is ultimately a part of our work, uh, even though it, it's a probably more fun than, than just about everything else we do. <laughs> but looking at the quote-unquote serious work, because I consider the, the podcasting to be serious as well, but, but looking more broadly at work, what are, what are some of the things that you anticipate going into, into the new year? How do you think it will be different from 2020? And how do you think it'll be similar to 2020? I think I've seen a preview of this in the fourth quarter. So in my transactional practice, I do a lot of international work. And so, you know, we saw China start to dip very early in 2020. Uh, You know, our workload uh, lightened up quite a bit in the first quarter. And then as China started recovering, getting COVID under control, we saw a slight bump in quarter two and third and fourth quarter were were significantly busier than, than I think even I expected us to be. So I expect that uh, the rest of the world will kind of follow that curve. I mean, I think even the fourth quarter of this year has been indicative because everybody in my world needs to get their deals done by December 31st, you know, for the end of their tax year. And so I've seen a a pickup there. And so I think that we'll see some natural uh, growth. I think probably quarter one will be busier than we normally have in in quarter one because people uh, are still, you know, the countries are still recovering from COVID. And I think we're going to be dealing with that. So it'll be interesting to see how COVID impacts that. You know, we may see more. Uh, regeneration of work from Central and South America, from Africa, from Southeast Asia, as those countries get COVID more under control with the rollout of, of the vaccines. So that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking we'll see is that we probably will see a modified curve from the way a normal year is, which is kind of slow in the first quarter and then picks up steam gradually toward the end of the year. You and I talked about PPE. Why don't you fill everyone in on what you do uh, and you and I work together quite a bit on on PPE related deals, especially in this COVID era. And what do you think is going to happen with that in 2021? When the pandemic started, or I should say, when when we first started to see a concerted response to to the pandemic, obviously one of the big topics was the the lack of PPE, and then the the rush to source PPE in China and other countries. And of course, this was taking place. In the, in the context of a, of a trade war, where, where the U.S. had been making some uh, aggressive moves uh, against China, particularly in terms of, of tariffs. So it wasn't just that there was this rush to source product in China, but also under conditions that were clearly not the, not the most conducive to smooth business. Very early on, we, we essentially established a coronavirus practice group. Uh, a big part of that was was PPE. Given my own work with customs related matters, there was a logical fit for me in, in, within within that team. We were dealing with export issues out of China. We were dealing with both import and export issues in the United States, and and import issues in in, in other countries where goods were being sent either after transshipment through the United States or or directly from from China. So there was a, there was a logical fit there. We're still seeing the, the the life cycle of all this play out, uh, where we've definitely seen a, a, a pickup recently in in PPE related matters as companies and individuals who who purchased PPE are, are beginning to to deal with with the fallout of their uh, transactions. In some cases, there are quality issues. In other cases, there are payment issues. So I anticipate that 2021, especially 
first, second quarter will continue to to have a very strong PPE flavor, probably even more so than what we've seen in, in 2020. More broadly, of course, we all know that the pandemic brought on incredible disruptions across the business world. From pretty much from the start, uh, the the legal ramifications of all this were felt, and and I think both of us attended a number of seminars talking about the different force majeure and, and other related clauses in, in jurisdictions around the world. But I think as we go deeper into 2021, we'll, we'll start seeing some serious uh, legal fallout, including, of course, litigation arising out of the, the pandemic and all of the business deals that were, were impacted by it. Obviously, COVID is going to be front and center for, for all of us, and it will continue to be at least for, for a large part of 2021. I cannot see a scenario where, where that's not the case. But of course, that's not the only thing that we're going to be looking at. So, so Jonathan, what are some other things that you'll, you'll be looking for in the coming year? I'll need to echo what you said about force majeure. I think that uh, for the first you know, eight, nine, 10 years of my practice, uh, it, was, it was always a provision that I took note of, but we, it's in the section of contracts that we call boilerplate because traditionally uh, you know, in, in uh, cross-border transactions or purchase and sales of, of goods, uh, you know, you would exchange purchase orders, and then the buyer or seller would would attach their uh, you know their standard terms and conditions to you know on page two and send it uh, you know send it to the buyer or seller, and so and usually those didn't get modified, right? Those were just kind of accepted or not, um, you know. And sometimes the other party would send back uh, you know the acceptance with their own boilerplate terms. So a lot of times, um, it, I guess in the uh, in the contracting world, that's what we call the flyover zone. Right, is that once once people get to that part of the contract, their eyes start to glaze over because you get to about 10 or so, 10, 15, 20 in a boilerplate provisions that are fairly standard, but that uh, you can always uh, modify as well. And force majeure is, is one of those provisions, right? And it basically says that the parties, uh, you know, one or both of the parties will be excused from performance of this contract if there's a, a supervening event, you know, something that's outside the party's control that they didn't anticipate. And a lot of times, uh, you know, that is not detailed. Sometimes it is where it'll say, you know, uh, flood, famine, war, pestilence, uh, you know, natural disasters, things like that. Right. And so I know that every other lawyer like me, transactional lawyers, um, and of course, litigators too, every time a contract comes across our desk now for the rest of our working lives, and we, we see force majeure, we're going to have a uh, you know, a punch to the pit of our stomach, and we'll remember 2020 and think, "Oof, it, it could happen again, right?" And so we're we're going to pay close attention to that. Um, I would say other things that that I'm very interested in that I've been keeping tabs in 2020, and and we'll certainly keep an eye on in 2021. Um, and I'll just list these, and then if we want to talk about them in detail, we can. I think the first one for me is uh, the growing alliances around the world to counter China. Um, you know, especially I, I think a lot of us were kind of surprised that uh, the Trump administration, this started happening under the Trump administration because he was very much America first, is still president, is still America first policy. And so seeing that, you know, China did what what President Trump had no inclination of doing, which was to really force us to start building our alliances, you know, two party, three party, four party alliances around China to counter China's influence around the world. So we saw that in India, making closer ties with Japan and Australia and the US. Um, and, you know, the talk of Japan joining the Five Eyes Alliance, which is the US and, and several of its allies to share in uh, national security 
uh, information. And so I think that's a big thing for me to see how the, at the national level, how things are shifting, how the dialogue is shifting and where those alliances are shaking out. Um, the other, a couple more, I think a lot of manufacturing, uh, moving from China to t- Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, um, Indonesia, right? Seeing which countries of those are going to work out to be the winners, um, to what extent that drain will continue and, you know, how long people's memories will last in terms of realizing that it wasn't a good idea to have all of our eggs in the China manufacturing basket. Um, I think that just kind of China generally will continue to be a massive topic. You know, China is such a huge economy is, is on pace to out, outpace the U S in terms of economic size, um, just based on the sheer number of people. Right. And so I think that'll be interesting to watch and see what's happening with China. And certainly you and I will will try to sit on our hands and not bring up China in every podcast that we have in 2021. But uh, China is the other elephant in the room, and it's hard to ignore what's going on and how China's actions impact the rest of the world. Um, and last, I think the, uh, you know, seeing cannabis, you know, our in, in our practices at our firm, we end up doing a lot of work uh, in the cannabis space. So, you know, whether that's uh, state legal marijuana programs or hemp, uh, you know, uh, as as legalized under the 2018 Farm Bill, you know, there are lots of things going on in the cannabis world and alternative uh, substances as well. And so I think keeping pace with that and seeing what's happening in the U.S. and how that's being mirrored in other countries, um, you know, with uh, Mexico and cannabis and, and other uh, other countries that we've talked about on the podcast in terms of where where it's growing, where it's uh, which countries are making strides to take advantage of that, in, whether it's in Southeast Asia or Latin America or Africa. What about you, Fred? Just to add uh, a little bit to, to what you said, first of all, regarding cannabis, I have to say, I mean, on election night, as people were naturally uh, looking at what was happening with uh, with the presidential race and, and, and other, uh, you know, the congressional races, uh, I was looking very closely at the at the cannabis initiatives that were presented to, to voters and was actually rather, rather excited to see that well, all of them succeeded and that at the end of at the end of the night, in addition to everything else that was going on, we, we had basically added five states to the, the world of, of legal cannabis, including states that uh, I would have never thought would would have voted for for recreational cannabis uh, at this stage in, in the game. That in itself is an exciting development to see that the the pace at which legalization efforts is is proceeding. You know, for working at a firm that has a strong cannabis practice, that that can only be uh, an encouraging sign. I'm looking forward to to doing more work in in the states that that have now legalized. Uh, either recreational and or uh, medical cannabis. We, we saw in examples of both. Also looking forward to what will be happening in 2022, for example, when, when more initiatives are presented to voters. And as, as a matter of fact, I think Virginia might be voting in 2021. Um, that's when they vote for governor. And I think that might be when they vote on their cannabis initiative. So, so definitely excited about that. One of the cool things that we get to do, as you alluded to, is is we get to track what's happening in other countries as well. As international lawyers, as cannabis lawyers, that's actually a, a great intersection to, to to explore. And even though in some cases there might not necessarily be a practical angle to keeping tabs on on the legislative initiatives that are that are being presented, 
it, it's still interesting from a, from a comparative law perspective and also just more generally as as cannabis law practitioners to see the sort of things that are that are happening elsewhere. So um, it's it's I like the fact that I have more things to to get excited about, you know, including cannabis bills being presented in random legislatures across the world. Uh, with China, uh, absolutely, there's there's so much to look for there. Obviously, the how the trade war changes in character. I, I don't think it's going to end. Um, I, I think we're going to see some sort of evolution as the new presidential administration takes over. For those who pay attention to history, we know that these uh, first few months are, are are bound to be a delicate time, especially if we are faced with, with a sort of um, unexpected turn of events. I mean, we can expect China and other uh, nations such as Russia, we can expect them to test the mettle of the new administration. But if you add to that the, the, the possibility of some unexpected incident, as, as we have seen over the years, the, the, the many different things that, 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 that can happen, there's a fascination, of course, with with what might happen. But of course, uh, as uh, as citizens, there, there are also some some concerns there. The overall topic of relocation, absolutely, there there have been some very interesting developments in terms of uh, relocation to to new manufacturing destinations or alternative manufacturing destinations. Interesting to see the the evolution of China plus one strategies. Uh, also, uh, nearshoring, reshoring, all of this. Is, is is not only interesting from a from an intellectual perspective but also as lawyers of course it um, gives rise to to new new business opportunities new matters I, I think that at, at least at a at a human level if you you know going beyond the macroeconomic aspects of things and the geopolitical aspects to, to the extent that that some of these shifts result in uh, American companies ramping up activities in the U.S. or even companies from other countries deciding to to look for opportunities in country to to get around issues such as tariffs. I think there's there should be a part of us that that welcomes that. The more jobs that can be created at home, the the more economic growth that can be spurred. That that's of course something something to 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 celebrate. So I will definitely be be keeping an eye out on on what's happening in in China as well as as cannabis. So I think for my parting thoughts, you know, you brought up a great point about the the personal side of of the business that we do, and I think it's always important to remind myself that uh, you know behind every contract, behind every business deal, uh, you know there are people who have real lives, who have real needs, uh, you know, who care about their families and want to be, uh, you know, want to be safe. I mean, whether that's safe from you know the specter of a global disease. Uh, you know, income security, food security, water security, you know, I mean, there's so much that, um, you know, when I have time to really stop and think uh, about what I want in my life and what I want for other people, you know, is is really just to exert some kind of positive influence, you know, in my neighborhood and then wherever else we can to really bring that to people, right, to give them an opportunity to, you know, from a lawyer perspective, to help them gauge their risk and make a good decision so their business can move forward and they can keep employing people and, and feeding them and feeding their families and bringing opportunities to others in whatever that industry is. Um, so I guess my, my wish for everyone in 2021 is that, uh, you know, you will find what you're, find what you're looking for and that the, you know, the hardships that we've had to go through in, in 2020, uh, you know, that 
and a refocusing of our lives will really continue uh, so that we can spend time doing what we what we care about most and what we think will bring about the most good in our lives and in whatever way is important to us. My own parting thought, I'd like to, to extend a, a very sincere thank you to, to everyone who, who listens to our, our podcast. I know that because of the, the nature of the, of the technology, it's not possible to acknowledge the interaction in a, in a more direct way. But nonetheless, when we look at the numbers, when we see how many people are actually listening to the podcast, downloading it, it just fills me with great joy, frankly, to know that at least for, for some people, what we're doing has, has value. And, and again, I'm, I'm an avid podcast listener myself. Um, and I, I, I know that there is a tension, of course, between, between the time it takes to listen to the podcast and getting on with, with, with everything else in your life. We know that time is valuable, right? So we, we definitely thank you all for your time. And on that note, Jonathan, uh, maybe, maybe we can talk a little bit about what we saw uh, in terms of those stats. Maybe, maybe we can tell our listeners which shows were the most popular. I think that's a great idea. I also want to express my thanks to all of our listeners. It is kind of amazing to think that uh, people care about what we have to say, Fred. I mean, uh, some people pay us and pay us well to talk, but uh, this one we give for free, right? And it, it certainly is, uh, it is fun. I mean, I think those of us who are in the international space just love, we love people, right? We love international people. We love those experiences. And uh, I think it is helpful to uh, to talk about who were our superstars this year in terms of, of overall listens, right? These are the these are the audience choice awards uh, based on the number of listens. So our top three guests by the number of downloads uh, was first Geetha Kandia discussing Southeast Asia and IP, which makes perfect sense, Fred, if we're looking at what we're forecasting for 2021 in terms of um, you know how do you port your IP from the U.S. or from China to a country in Southeast Asia where you're going to be doing your, your new manufacturing. Our second most uh, downloaded episode was the one with John Brittell discussing East Africa. And then our third was with Dr. Jose Raul Perales discussing Puerto Rico. So we want to thank our, our all-stars. Certainly are looking forward to catching up with them and with others uh, of our others of our friends who were willing to give us their time and, and share their thoughts. Uh, I think it's certainly going to be interesting to see how 2021 goes. And uh, we'll see you then. See you in 2021. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We look forward to connecting with you on social media to continue discussing developments in global law and business. This podcast was produced by Harris Bricken with executive producer Madeline Williams. Music composed by Stephen Schmidt. Tune in next week for another episode. We'll see you then. <laughs>